Hello and welcome to the Two Tones. It's episode 15. Greetings, Tony. How are you, Tony Volfo? Not too bad at all. That would be episode dropping, would it, Rob? Uh, yes, it would. Or, and now am I right in remembering this? Go on. Vera Lynn? Um, Tony Lynn. Tony Lynn wore number 15. There you go. In a 27 games. Great call. I, yeah. I mentioned Ben Nelson. Now, Tony yeah. Lynn wore 15 before Ben Nelson did. Um, I mentioned um, Val Perovic. Great player. Oh, he was. my goodness. Yeah. He was great. Player here at the club. Uh, David Teague. Ah, yeah. Wore, uh, 15, 50 games. Saw him John play Nichols in Adelaide. Medals. And also, Tony, the record holder in the Goonsies. Bruce Bugsy Common, the late Bruce Common, carbon captain, later director of the club. Yeah, uh, tough nut he was too. And just for the uh, the those that uh, with the historic bent, if you go right back to the start, uh, the first one hundred game player mm-hmm. for Carlton wear number fifteen was Jim Marchbank, ah. um, who uh, to whom Caleb is obviously related. So. A great number at Carlton is the number 15. Thank you very much. Well, um, and it is our... Well, um, I, I must say delight. I'm going to say it was it was a delightful game to watch against Collingwood. Geez, you've towed that down a bit. You were absolutely oh, off tap. I, I, yes, I... Yes, you're right. <laughs> when you sent me the text. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes, it may have been a 20-point loss to Collingwood, but let's put that in context. You lose Levi Caswold in the warm-up, if you don't mind, yeah. gone with a busted finger. Unbelievable. And then in the first half, Cruz goes off and then Lockie Plowman. So the performance, all things considered, Tony, was, um, it was quite a brave performance by yep. the team, wasn't it? And, um, and, but there was a great comment that you made to me in the aftermath of this game where, you know, for all that's happened, both in this game and all year, you said to me... Um, I don't care what happens as long as Charlie Curnow's playing. Yes. And um, anyone that went there, it was a privilege to see that yeah. performance from yeah. Charlie Curnow. And that, that, that player, he's a special player. We, we'll get to it in a moment, Tony. I want to hear you, you know, from the long run, just uh. <laughs> extol the virtues of the great man. And what, what an excitement machine he is. Well, they're calling him Kernafides for a very good reason. And, you know, talk about aerial, uh, aerial ability. Um, Pack marking, uh, contested marking, pace. And what I loved about it, and this is going to sound a bit odd, but but you know because it's a very human thing. He'd been re-signed that week and he's on a good whack because he deserves to be. Now, most people almost put the feet up. They just say, okay, that's locked in. Uh, and uh, you almost, uh, you, you know, uh, don't have anything to prove. He went out there and said, uh, I will give you value for money. I love that, com- that comment you've made, Tone. It's a great observation. And it may be, without knowing, you know, uh, what is bubbling in, in C. Kuno's brain, maybe signing for the club and putting that to bed was actually a relief. Yeah, and it, and it allowed him to, to play with even more freedom than he already plays with because he, he's he's just great. I, I love the way he's obviously been given license to use his natural talents to optimum effect, and well, credit to the coach for for doing that because you know players like Charlie Curno are, are, are players that get people through the turnstile. Yes, and. Um, you would pay to see him play, no worries at all. And, uh, you know, with Cripps, um, you know, playing the way he is at the moment, leading by example, I, I just think it's, it, it's, it's great for current supporters who have, you know, you know, had to weather torrid times of late. But and, and off the Frio game to see yes, that effort. to, to see, see that, that effort. That complete 180. Um, 
Yeah, um, you can look at the highlights reel. They're dominated by Charlie Kerner, and for a very good reason. He's a tall marking forward. He's an option up front. Yes, and as you say, you know, in the absence of both uh, uh, Levi Casbolt and later Cruiser, who was obviously pushing forward and was locked into a pretty good duel with Grundy yeah. before he went off, um, Charlie was flying with two or three blokes every yep. time and somehow found a way. And um, all power to him. He, he he is a highlights reel on legs, as you said. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then the mark at the end? Oh, the mark at the end, yeah. It, it's just frightening to think what what the future holds for for Charlie. And, um, God, I want to be there for that ride, I tell you. Well, so we talked a week or two ago about the young brigade emerging and the, and the fact that too often the load at Carlton was borne by some of the older hands, uh, you know, Simo and uh, etc. But this was a game, uh, it was torrid. It was, uh, like I say, it was great to watch. The midfield, there was um, uh, there was just some great performances going on. And I'm going to throw the spotlight here on Paddy Dow and Kennedy. Yes, yes. Uh, well, just... great calls on both players, Tony, because um, beginning with Paddy Dow, I, I, I think we're starting to see him really emerge as a, a, a bona fide senior league player. You know, you've got to remind yourself that he's only in his first season yeah. and he's still finding his his feet. But you can just see with every, with every game that he plays how... Uh, more an impact player he's actually becoming. And, um, you know, and then you mentioned uh, Kennedy as well. Well, Kennedy, with his size and strength, just, um, you know, gives Cripps a chop out just by yeah. being there. And um, how, you know, as good as Cripps has been, uh, in the absence of Murphy and Kennedy, for that matter, um, it's strength in numbers here, isn't it? And um, I just thought that Kennedy, with his with his physicality in an underplay and uh, he's... he's you know, robust presence uh, made such an enormous difference to the you know the the um, the midfield as a collective. Yeah. Um, and Carlton benefited from that accordingly. So great, great call on both players, Dave. Well, he's he's come back after oh, goodness knows how many weeks off, but just slotted right back in. Yes. Has played that as you say in and under role. Yes. And um, was just great to watch. It, it was. was. It was like an old a, a cool head in amongst the chaos, and he was just able to gather the ball and use it effectively Very for true, you know, and then we see O'Brien, you know, um, also emerging, and, and you know, um, obviously Fish we've spoken about through the course of this year, Zach Fisher. Um, it's just always well to see so many young players now, um, you know, lifting a notch, and, um, you know, who knows where where their abilities are going to take them, but you can only help but think that it's going to be to the benefit of the, the Carlton Football Club. Uh, you know that these players, as they get more games into them, are going to be you know tremendous players for for, for Carlton. Uh, Samo's game. How did you rate that? Well, again, I think he's, there's another player that's actually uh, with every game just uh, finding his place. And um, I think what I like about uh, Petrovsky Seaton is that in the heat he, he re- retains his composure. And I, I, he's a lovely mover. I love the way he can sidestep. Yeah as if they're witches' hats. And he's a good decision-maker too. I like the way that he uses the ball. Um, and again, he's, he's another player that's um, still, you know, learning the craft and uh, uh, early on into his career. But it's, it's exciting to see all these, all these players uh, coming together and, um, and really starting to impact on, on the collective. And um, we were in that game for a long, long time. You don't condone losses, of course. But all things considered, to be you know, you know, decimated in terms of injury to personnel, yeah. 
to actually hang in there and hang in there. And I think what I love most, Tone, was that moment. There, were a lot of, there was lots of love about the yeah. performance, but that moment uh, before uh, half-time, and it was an interesting comment that Fev made yeah. where I don't know why the Collingwood player wasn't caught, wasn't called for holding the ball uh, because that would, have, that would have led to the free kick being awarded, no melee, and yeah. the game would have gone on. Yes. Regardless, it happened. The, the free wasn't paid. The melee began and... Wasn't it magnificent oh. to see P. Cripps oh. tearing in there at 100 oh. miles an hour and flying the uh, the navy blue flag for the team? And I just love that. And that's that's what you want. We went to the game tone after that oh. horror against Fremantle, just saying, yeah. look, whatever happens here, all we want is effort. Yeah. And that, and that's what we got. And I don't think there's any Carlton supporters that could actually go home saying, well, this team didn't give effort, and um, they had to turn it around after that deplorable first half against Frio. Uh, you'd give Pete Cripps just three votes for the melee. He was doing all the one percenters, the trash talk. He <laughs> smiles as he runs in. He's like Dermot Ferreira or David Rhys Jones. He's a man who thrills to a physical contest well, and uh, and and shows leadership. He well, goes, that... touch one, touch all. He's a one man CFMEU. Yeah. And and you know if you were a young player there, and I mean not the Cripps is you know. Uh, ancient, but if you if you're looking on you and you see number nine going in, you think to yourself, well, he's flying the flag. I'm yeah. going to need to back him up, and that and that's what you want. You want you know collective buy-in here, yeah. uh, particularly when the uh, you know when the situation demands, and uh, you have to stand tall. And I think there would have been a lot of players looking on, uh, past players of the club looking on with great pride to see. Um, the, the old Guernsey, yeah. uh, you know, valued so much that such a high premium was put on it by Cripps and the players who ran in Can uh, I just, to remonstrate. Uh, it, just at the other end of the colossus that is Patrick Cripps, okay, so he's... <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Cripps VC. Uh, so he goes, he leads his charges in uh, that scrap. By the way, I'm going to get to my point in a moment. By the way, free kick count going into the, the fourth quarter. Go on. Uh, from memory, the supporter behind me was very keen to let everyone know. 28 to 11. It's come out in the age this week that yeah. um, no team gets a better rub of the green than Collingwood. Right. And... Uh, I don't I knew, want to bring knew, that up as, a, as yeah. a reason that we lost or anything, but the disparity was mind-boggling. Well, I knew we weren't getting a good run, but oh. uh, try as I might, I, I couldn't find the free kick count anywhere on the on the scoreboards at the ground. They may have been put up there. I didn't see them, the and I was curious. Game, so maybe they, they didn't want to put it up. Well, yeah, well, you know, you look at that. That's a massive discrepancy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's um, West Coast-esque numbers, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's crowdsourced umpiring. That's what it seems like because the crowd, obviously, the more Collingwood supporters, they go up, they are more voluble and I don't know the, look we, we can dwell on that but it's best not to I just you want to point out that disparity I can tell oh, I tell you geez it, it got anyway but at the other end of, of Patrick Cripps he's leading his charges running headlong into danger <laughs> as he does He's an you're you're, 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 oh, you're giving these visuals as you say this and you're, you're, I'm waiting for the clenched fist okay and then at the end of the game he puts his arm around young Paulson. Right. And uh, I don't I know what he that. said that's to him. That's leadership, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah leadership to leadership. a team. That is leadership to a if, team. If you and actually, still it, there it is. Yeah, could I say this about Paulson too? Oh, look, look, there was so much to like about, about uh, the, the, the afternoon. Paulson's a little bloke that really puts his body on the line. And, did, and, and can yeah. Lock, and can lock 
he's a good lock, you know, and blokes that are in possession, he can he can drag them down. He was very good in the heat, and um, good on him, you know. He, he's taken this opportunity, and um, like the cut of his gym tone. And, yeah. um, oh, look, there's a lot to like about where the team's at. We're seeing what we're seeing is glimpses, but we're seeing more glimpses. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the difference. We're seeing more of them now, and uh, you, you just have to think that the you know that this team builds together. Well, you know, it's it's there are exciting times ahead. No, no two ways about it. Well, uh, let's talk about Cade Simpson. We're going to touch on him for a number of reasons. These are his stats from the game. Uh, he got two more disposals than Patrick Cripps, who you know, uh, regulation twenty nine for him. He's diesel esque. Uh, Cade Simpson, 31 disposals, six contested uh, possessions, 11 marks, four tackles. Oh. One of his better games for the year. Game, we should point out, 299. Yeah. Now, we, we're we going to uh, touch on that milestone in a moment. But um, Simo down back was just magnificent. Well, and again, you know, you think about the Simo's uh, showing through 2018, the context of the season, you know, losing... Um, uh, Tockety, yeah. the start of the year off halfback flank. And Alex Silvani. Alex Silvani. And then Plowman goes down. Yeah. I mean, Simo, it just seems that, you know, the the harder the, the conditions, the, the, the better he, he seems to respond, you know. And, and when you think about Cade Simpson's career, um, he's done it the hard way, you know. Mm. I mean, you know, he, he went at 45 when, when Carlton was, you know, stripped of its early selections. Um, so he's probably come into a club that was down and out, uh, effectively. They've had, you know, limited success throughout his time, but, you know, there's a bloke that couldn't have given Carlton any more. And, uh, you know, you just hope that those those little legs can keep powering him through because, jeez, mm. if ever we get back to the mountaintop, or oh, should we say when we get back when? to the mountain, back, mountaintop tone, wouldn't you love to see number six on the podium getting his medal. Um, I think everyone wants to see that and uh, there'd be no more deserving servant yes. of this football club than number six up there um, on that last day in September. Well, he gave an interview uh, during the week. Again, this was in The Age. Um, <coughs> uh, he talked about football being as it is at the moment, that you know a team like uh, either Richmond or the Bulldogs can, can turn form around Dramatically, yes, and and he was talking with a straight face. He's not a man given to exaggeration. That, no, um, next year, uh, who knows? Carlton well, could be in the finals. Well, look, um, and uh, and he wants to be there, obviously. And he wants to be there, and and you'd have to say that you're looking at him uh, the way he's playing at the moment. Uh, there's no sign of him losing a yard or slowing yeah. down. He's such a great reader of the play, and and you know he's he's a he's hero, heroic in the way. He takes the contest. You know, you you wince when you see him running back into packs. Um, always think of Ken Hunter doing that. Yeah. You know, in his heyday, and somehow emerging with the ball, and how he's managed to stay physically intact after three hundred, given his size and and, and and shape, is beyond me. A nice thing happened tone before today's uh, podcast that I was ploughing through uh, Simo's. Uh, photographic archive and going right back to the early days but there was a photo that I stumbled onto that to me basically says it all about the sort of place Simo is uh, I don't know exactly when it was, it was the last three or four years I, I suspect and it was up up uh, in, in New South Wales and it was a photo of um, of Simo barrelling mummy. Uh, oh you know, yeah, uh, a bit of a size difference yeah, there. Yeah, that I, you know, I was thinking my, my own journalistic 
tendencies were kicking in, Tony, and I thought, geez, what a great caption that would be. Hey, mummy, who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just magnificent to see Simo barrelling this Leviathan yeah. in Mumford. And I looked at that photo and I said, well, if you're looking for a, 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 an image that's emblematic of the sort of player Cade Simpson is, yep. that's probably it. And I just, you know, we all marvel at the the way that he's gone about his career. Um, uh, can't people look at him um, with genuine pride because they see in Simpson a player that gives his absolute all for yeah. the jumper that he wears. And, yeah, we talked about earlier about uh, a four-quarter effort and how important it was. Well, there's a bloke... Simo that probably couldn't give any more. Yeah. You know, not only at the weekend, but, you know, for 298 games before. Um, and you just love the bloke. There's no other way to put it. Uh, it is a spirit exemplified by one Ed Kerno, can I just point out. Yes. Physically spent at the end of the game. Yes. He fell over on the ball. And I thought that, you know, if you think about the, the uh, Rotations, Simo... Rotations, yeah, you know, cut down. Yeah. You know, yeah and, the... and you think about that, that Simo spirit being alive throughout the group. Well, it's, as I said, example Amplified in, in Ed Kerno, who yes. I just thought was magnificent on the day as well. Just getting back to uh, Simo and the press that he's had this week, he's the sort of player that other opposition uh, supporters just know instinctively and, and respect. And um, you're going to talk us through, because we're about to preview the Port Adelaide game, but you're going to talk us through how Simo's week has been, because it has been quite a busy one. It's been a busy one, and, and the club to its to its enormous credit is uh, mindful of the con- commitments that, you know, invariably... Uh, Kate has to meet by virtue of playing 300 games. So they've actually tried to, um, you know, uh, pace the past fortnight out for mm. him to get a, a few things in the can and, and allow him to perhaps uh, try and keep as much of a normal week as possible. But look, he, he's, he's really embraced um, the week leading into his 300th game. A man of few words, mm. uh, historically, but I think... Meets a man of even fewer words. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think he's really um, embraced the moment. And um, look, there was a magnificent um, occasion here at the ground yesterday, Tony, um, late in the afternoon. There was no one really around. Uh, in walked the 400, 400 <laughs> the 4-300 players of the Carlton Football Club, you know, and it was um, it was incredible. In walked Big Nick, uh, Bruce Dool, Craig Bradley and Stephen Silvani. If you don't mind. Uh, and then Simo, Simo walked into the room yeah. uh, where they were, they were signing Guernseys <laughs> and before this historic photograph was taken on in front of the garden stand on the ground, Carlton people, look out for this image. It's, yeah. it's magnificent. It'll be released later this week. And um, Simo was like a kid in a candy store. And awesome. he, he was just so taken by the moment and, and really upbeat about this opportunity, this rare opportunity to rub shoulders with these four Leviathans of Carlton for this history-making photograph. And um, it was great being out there, Tony. It was out in the middle of the ground um, because the, the five 300 gamers were uh, positioned in front of the gardener stand uh, the lights were on them, really lifting their faces, and it, it was a sort of a it was a misty sort of afternoon yeah. yesterday, and the gardener stand looks quite eerie behind. Oh. So it's just one of the great all-time photographs. Um, Eleven hundred ninety-six players toned since eighteen ninety-seven, yeah. and only four have got to three hundred. That is, and Simo's the fifth. So that that is extraordinary, and. Um, you know, who knows how many more uh, the little bloke has in the tank, but he's, he's going well at the oh, moment. Oh, ask him. Um, you've seen all four of them play. I have. I have. I, I was thinking about that the other day, and just that Nick Nick and Duel played together, and Sauce 
and Brattle's got in yeah. got in on the tail end of Bruce's career. Yeah. Um, but, but I've been fortunate enough to see the tail end of Big Nick's career. I, I was there in the 72 grand final, you know, saw him um, kick um, six from full forward. And, um, and he was always an imposing figure then and still is now. I've always said of, of Big Nick, and um, there, there are a few people in the room or in footy that when they walk into a room, you, you, you sort of you're aware or mindful of yeah. their presence. And I always thought of Nichols as one. Probably John Kennedy at Hawthorne was another, and Bruce Dool's another too. Bruce Dool walked in yesterday, and oh, oh it's um, oh. it's powerful. <laughs> it, it was truly palpable tone. Oh. You were, you would have loved it. Oh, I wouldn't have been able to speak. I tell you, <laughs> I would have been uh, rendered mute in the presence of uh, God. That talent. And, and might I say, they they all wanted to be there for Simo. Um, I, I actually got yeah, it up because it's not sorry, Tone, but it's not the easiest thing to to coax Bruce Dool. In front of a camera. No, no, but I, I, I think I heard Nick say that um, to play 300, you do need a lot lot of luck because 300 games is, what, 15, 16, 17 years plus. Yeah. And, and, to, and so that's 17 years of pre-season training, 17 years of physically and mentally getting yourself right for the contest, week in, week out, year in, year out. And um, that's, that's a hell of a journey and not every player has the wherewithal to do that well. History says that yeah. there's only four that have done it so far. Um, so, I think from the collective there was this great admiration for for what Cade Simpson had achieved, particularly given those four players have all been premiership players at yeah. Carlton. So they've experienced the, the the successes that Simo unfortunately hasn't at team level. But you know, hats off to the to the little bloke. They they all to a man acknowledge the. The uh, the career to date of Cade Simpson and um, and they want to see him play on. Well, it's no understatement to say he is a greatly loved and admired player, not only at Carlton but I think in the, the wider competition. Now, Tone, you have the very difficult task, I think, because we haven't even mentioned Sammy Rowe, who was who was brave. Post. He, he was brave, was, wasn't geez, he? Uh, take on the ruck mantle, you know, go forward. And uh, Cam O'Shea had to come in literally, not off the bench, but off the uh, I don't know the one of the Great Southern Stand. Yeah, well, wherever he, he was I don't know where he, he was probably munching on a four and twenty. You yeah, know, when he got the the tap on the shoulder, tone. And and look, there's so many other players. Like I was just thinking, as you were talking then about Sam Rowe, Jack Silvani, now, yeah. Jack, Pushing up midfield and and really getting into the contest, I, I like that move. I, I I commend the coach for for and, and the players for their buy-in in shutting Collingwood's running game down. Yeah, and they were locked into a real struggle with Carlton, which is exactly what we wanted. Yeah, they, they were they were playing the way we wanted them to play, and uh, you know we lost those three players as you said earlier. It didn't help, but by crikey, we were in that game for a long time, and uh, Collingwood have been up and about too. Yeah. So, Oh, there was so much to like. There, there really was. And, yeah, so I, I just think uh, just a special mention to Sammy Rowe for, well, uh, he, he was up forward, then he was in the ruck. Yes. Um, and yes. He, He's a great team player, yeah. Sam Rowe. Yeah. You know, whatever was is required from the team, he'll 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 do. Yeah. And, um, so yeah. you, you have so cool. the most unenviable job of having <laughs> to sift through all of those individual performances and giving us your one Two and three. Yes. Well, I, I suppose I preface it with an apology. Those players we we have mentioned, Tony, uh, that won't get into the uh, the votes for the coveted Two Tones Award. But uh, I did give one vote to Paddy Dow, um, the rising star winner for this week. 
Um, you know, there's a, there's a player that's really starting to uh, make his presence felt. Love the way he plays. Really attacks the ball. Um, you know, playmaker. Yeah. Um, good kid. Really, really like him. Um, Sir Charles Kerno, a squire, yeah. two votes. Um, yeah. What a what an excitement of a shoot he is. You know, can you mention the highlights real ten years from now, Tone? Can uh, we just say, I mean, IVF is is remarkable technology, and, and Mrs. Kerno, if you <laughs> there's still time to just do something for the club. <laughs> no, yeah. well, I mean, yeah. between between the two Kernos, they were they were just incredible. And look, Charlie's performance is we keep. He's been threatening that kind of breakout game. Yes, and, um, yes. And, and really, we, we needed him at the weekend, as yeah. I said earlier. You know, he was a lone hand up forward with Levi going down and and, and Cruiser not being out there to push forward. So uh, yeah, it wasn't unusual to see Charlie flying with two or three yeah. hanging off him, uh, which probably uh, gets us to our, our uh, best player at field tone, oh. who's, who's accustomed to having four or five blokes hanging off him, and that's the man that led Carlton from the front. We talked about him earlier, Patrick Cripps, and I declared Tony about a month ago yeah. over this very airwave that um, P. Cripps, just look at him for, as a smoky for, for the medal because, um, you know, five's out of uh, contention now. There's a few players that were thereabouts that probably um, aren't going to feature. Yeah. And Cripps, I know he's played in teams that have, uh, that have lost and... Uh, but but I think on sheer weight of numbers, yeah. he has to capture the imagination of the umpires, and uh, it'll be very very interesting to see how well he polls at the end of the year. But but um, I, I think he's thereabouts. I really do. Well, uh, you are under the nose of the umpires when you're touching the ball twenty nine times, twenty of them contested. You're tackling nine times, kicking three goals. They're staggering um, numbers, aren't yeah. they? They are just staggering numbers, and, and those those numbers are compelling, you know. And, and as you say, they they cannot be ignored. So it'll be very very interesting to see how how he polls in the uh, two thousand eight in Brownlow Middle, Tony. Well, uh, if he does win it, it's proof to me that the system ain't broken. In fact, it does award truly the best and fairest because Patrick Cripps. He's just freakish. He's just one right out of the box. Thank you for that tone for those three votes. Now we're going to preview the Port Adelaide game. Uh, it's. I don't know what's going on with the scheduling over this round, Tone. I find it quite odd. We have Sydney and Richmond at yes. Etihad Stadium, and we have Carlton and uh, Port Adelaide at the MCG. Yeah. Um, you think they've got that skew if, do you? A little bit yeah. skew if. Yeah. I'll be yeah. quite honest. I, I suppose with the fixturing, Tony, though, that you can never be sure, can yeah, you? Yeah, you know, I guess at, so. At the start of the year, where teams are going to be at, you know, 14, 15 rounds in. I, I guess uh, it's a pretty safe bet, though, Tony, you'd have to say, wouldn't you, that Richmond, Sydney... Would be up there. ...is going yeah. to be a crowd pleaser. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, look, uh, greater minds than ours are, uh, are on this job. Now, it's Kate Simpson's 300th. And there are seven possible returns. Well, it's staggering. I mean, you know, you think, well, okay, three were lost in the course of uh, last weekend's match and, you know, even before the game. Uh, However, there's obviously players uh, in the mix that are returning from injury, you know, and um, uh, you look at the names here, Cunningham, you know, Kieran Byrne, Patrick Kerr, all good young players for Carlton that are... Uh, thereabouts, and of course the captain uh, Mark Murphy is, um, for all intents and purposes, ready to go. So what a great opportunity for Murph, you know, uh, to mm. come back and, and really, you know, uh, make make an impression on this match. Given the conjecture and all the, you know, the the comment and what it, what have you, the white noise that's been 
um, circulating about him and, and what he, what the future holds. And the other player, of course, that has to be factored in, I think, is Jared Pickett. Now, yep. Jared Pickett was flying in the preseason, oh. and then unfortunately that ridiculous injury, you know, breaking his hand um, here, and has been sidelined for a fair period of the season. But he's had a, I think, a game maybe two back now in the Northern Blues, and. Um, I just love to see him play. I, I would love to see him out there this yeah. weekend. Whether he's cherry ripe, ready to go, only the selectors probably know, and, and Jared himself. But geez, I'd love to see him run out. Well, you imagine the loose ball in the forward fifty. The sort of now, Gala uh, had a couple of opportunities over the weekend to really nail those kind of opportunistic goals. Yes, yes. And because of pressure or, or whatever, he wasn't able to. I. I just see Pickett just that being meat and drink to a player like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. If that's how he's to be used. Yeah. He's got exactly what Carlton needs, hasn't he? He's got that explosive pace that can he sense around goal, and uh, we just need, um, you know, we need a player like that. Yeah. Uh, really becoming a nuisance for op- opposition defenders. Now, we want uh, the Carlton faithful to get along, and I tell you, after the effort against um, Collingwood, there were a lot of Carlton supporters there. This is an- another really edifying thing, Tone, when you talk about buy-in. A lot of Carlton supporters turned up after the Frio performance. There are people, and you know, we've mentioned this a lot through the course of the year, to use a, a phrase coined by Wayne Britton, sticking fat yes. with the club. That is great to see, and I... I would confidently predict that a lot of people will turn up to see Kate Simpson break that 300. Uh, I think so, Tony. Um, you know, you would expect them to to front up in force uh, for the for the little bloke. Um, you know, no player deserves his moment in the sun more than Simo. And, yep. You know, it's a for any Carlton supporter listening in, it's a, a it's truly an I was there the day moment, isn't it? That yeah. They have to be at the MCG to see number six again flying the flag for the club that he loves and we love, Tony. Yes. I mean, brother, I mean. Now, uh, well, look, I'm going to go out and a limb here and say it's a gettable game. Um, emotion and Port Adelaide, we go back a couple of years. Uh, we beat Port Adelaide. That last game at, at uh, Football Park, I was there for it too. It was was brilliant. It was when um, I mean, the whips were cracking. Remember when we had to make the the, uh, the eight from ninth? Yes. That was the last yes. home and away game and we had to knock them over. And um, God, it was good. Oh, was, yeah, that that was good. Um, yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, and, you know, and it's the, a great... the game after Mick Malthouse was sacked. Well, that's true. So there's been a lot, you know, a lot of uh, moments in time involving the Port Adelaide team um, that that sort of stand in the, you know, the psyche. Um, so uh, you know, given the occasion this week, uh, I mean, in fact, Simo I think played his 250th game against Port oh. as well. So um, has a habit of uh, tuning out the milestones against the power. Uh, so bring it on, yeah. Can't wait to be there and to see it. All right. Um, now, just very quickly before we go, um, uh, good luck and thanks for the service to Andrew McKay. Yes. Macca. Yeah. A great servant, Macca. 11 years as a player, seven as an administrator, you know, a football uh, director, um, you know, a man that wants to pursue new challenges and um, uh, a more loyal Carlton man you won't get. Fantastic to him and, and good luck. Amen. Good luck to Amen him. Amen to that. And to Keith Warburton and Tony, just as a, a, a closure, a little sad note, uh, Keith, the great Keith Warburton, 74-game player through the 50s for the Garden Football Club, uh, an acrobat they described much in the Peter Bazusto mould, oh, a fellow that wow. really made him back. He died this week at the age of 90, and I was telling Lucy earlier about uh, an interview I had with Keith Warburton that our listeners will hear a little bit of, of 
after after the podcast ends today, where he talked about the moment in his own one and only final finals appearance for Carlton against Fitzroy uh, in '52. He, he took a knock from Bill Stephen Fitzroy, mm. an accidental knock to the midriff. Um, Bill's still alive, by the way, and um, uh, coughed blood after the game and later passed out at a club function and was sent via ambulance to Prince Henry's and uh, underwent serious uh, surgery to have, uh, I think, part of his uh, kidney repaired and part of his bowel removed. During that time, the players uh, each uh, donated uh, blood for transfusions that he desperately needed. And in these times when there was uh, very little in the way of um, information technology, um, supporters, uh, kids, uh, grown men and women were listening by radio for updates of Keith Warburton's condition over a 48 hour period and uh, the, the newspapers of the day were updating as best as they could. Yeah. There were vigils outside Prince Henry's wow. from, from people who love Warburton uh, and thankfully he got through and the great irony about, about this story, um, Tone, is that while, while Keith got through that game and survived a, a life-threatening situation, uh, he was the last surviving member of that Carlton team that took to the field the day that almost cost him his life. Wow. So that's a, a triumph of the spirit. And uh, just looking through his story and seeing some of the headlines here and the and the photographs, Tony, it, it's just unbelievable to think that it happens, um, that Keith Warburton, um, you know, um, found a way to, to survive that that uh, horrible moment in time. Keith's brother, uh, sorry, Keith's son Peter also played four games for the Carlton ah, Football Club. Wow. And so the players will be wearing black armbands for the late Keith Warburton this Saturday. All right, but we certainly hope it is Port Adelaide who are mourning at the end of the game. Good luck to the Blues against uh, Port Adelaide playing at the MCG Saturday, 1.45pm. The great Kate Simpson plays his 300th game. You've got to get along and support a great servant of the club. Thanks for listening. Tony DeBolfo and Tony Moakley are here saying go Blues. Thank you, Tony. And let's play out to uh, the dulcet tones of the late Keith Warburton. Thanks very much and let's see you next week. I was copped in an accidental knock on the stomach from Bill Stevens. For one of the fairest players in the game, I'm just reading this bit about it. I returned, turned around in the pack and Bill was coming through. He put, put his elbow in to protect himself and accidentally ran to me. As I was, uh, I was dry reaching all through the game, surrender at the end of the game, I was uh, in trouble. Then collapsed at the club den. Oh yeah, I was taken to the near, nearby hospital that night. On that night, when you know we we're having the tea and that, and uh, I was bundled into a car, and uh, we got into the hospital there, and they wouldn't look at me because I had the Royal Mail, because uh, I'd uh, never been there for anything. So they sent me, and I had to go to the Prince Henry, was it? And uh, they drove me there. I can't remember who drove me now. Lexi Robertson. Oh, a little mate of mine, Lexi Robertson. Anyway, we got there and uh, it was full of drunks and everything there. In the finish, I collapsed and the sister come in and she uh, put me straight into the operating theatre and that's where they operated on me then straight away. And the condition worsened over the next few days. Anyway, I was in... uh, I can always remember the fact that the people come in with all their blood things uh, and they said it was unreal how many put blood banks into it. It said they saved the life of a 23-year-old footballer. Had a ruptured bowel and burst in.